Welcome to the Patriot Podcast, a production of Covenant Academy in Cypress, Texas. Our hope is that this podcast connects you to the heart of our community, culture, and those who are helping shape the hearts and minds of students. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Patriot Podcast. Uh, Glad that you're joining us today. Uh, With me, I have Leslie Collins, who is the head of school here at Covenant Academy. Leslie, good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, joining us today also is Mr. Ken Newman, or I don't know, Pastor Ken Newman. Is that is that should I just uh, just 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 Ken? Just Ken. Yeah. (laughs) So Ken is uh, the teaching pastor at uh, Trinity Bible Church here in Cyprus, and uh, his wife uh, also uh, is uh, one of our. Uh, wonderful uh, teachers here, second grade teacher here at uh, Covenant Academy. So, so glad that you are here, Ken. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. So, uh, Leslie, we've uh, been talking about uh, really just the importance and the opportunity that we have, uh, you know, in this this kind of new time of of, uh, of of being in in our homes due to you know current events with the the coronavirus and. And uh, the fact that while in many instances we're physically separated uh, with God, we can always be uh, 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 together and and with Him. And and one of those ways we can do that is is by uh, really uh, uh, meditating on and and uh, just holding on to Scripture. And we've been mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. uh, the Psalms and uh, Psalms forty six. Psalm right? forty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a, these are the lyrics to the God's hymn book that He wrote for us um, using human writers, and the lyrics to our prayer book. So when we are crying out and we are struggling, um, He knew that we would not have the words to say, and He knew that we would not know how to address Him. And we can go to the Psalms because they give us um, the ability to cry out. Um, we even have permission in the Psalms to be angry at situations, um, to beat our fists as it is, and yet then come in humble repentance, knowing that God is God and we are not. And so the Psalms are a great place to go. People um, can can rely on on the Psalms to to help them in times of, of need. And Psalm 46 is a great hymn. Uh, it is the hymn that Martin Luther used as the basis um, for us um, in, in his hymn, uh, mighty fortresses are God. So he he was thinking these thoughts, um, and obviously, if you read the words of "A mighty fortresses are God," you will you'll see the the words of Psalm forty six in that, and then you understand that he had a completely different meditation and was certainly going through a stormy time, um, and the world was going through a stormy time. But right now, COVID nineteen, the great time of um, isolation and quarantine and whatever else may come, uh, we are struggling and we are using this time to really grow together as families and to lean on God's word. Right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I know, uh, you know, Ken, you, you have the, um, you know, the privilege opportunity to, uh, be able to, uh, you know, kind of teach, uh, the word through, Kind of your your day to day activities as as a teaching pastor, but also um, you you have some uh, unique perspective and in, in really being able to to uh, for some folks have a lot more opportunity to dive deeper into uh, the the Psalms. So I just kind of wanted to maybe uh, lean over to you and and maybe ask for some some insight or perspective on um, you know how how do you 
how would you maybe encourage or or uh, talk to folks who maybe haven't really gone through the exercise of of, of meditating on and, and internalizing, you know, scripture and, and how do you, how do you think about that? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good question. That's a, it's an important thing now that uh, we addressed kind of on Wednesday night, we did a, a, a live teaching and then question time afterwards. And, and one of the things that I recommended and that the elders at the church have been talking about a lot was, you know, yeah, there's all this kind of, turbulence and upside down nature of what's going on. But one of the t- things that we all have now more than we've probably had in a long time is some free time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the unfortunate thing is, is um, in the earlier segment, as you, you guys were talking about was, was that a lot of what we're feeling our free time with is news and, and kind of this anxiety cyclone that we're putting ourselves through versus really having the opportunity to meditate uh, on God's word and, and spend time in it. And I think that, that the Psalms in particular, and even the wisdom literature, um, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, um, and the Psalms, are, they, they all kind of have this repetitive call for the, the reader, which is phrases like consider, think on. Um, and, and a lot of these, these heavy words, the idea of digesting something and, and, and really holding fast. And so, so looking at like Psalm 4610, it's not just, um, that it's hopeful. It's not just that it's, um, it sounds nice, or it might it might calm us. It's the idea that it's it's telling truths here. And if you look at the way that the psalm lays out, it's it's really beginning with a what you would call like a confession of faith, like a confession of of belief in God and and who He is. And then it goes through the idea of really that second half of talking about facts about God. This is who He is. This is what He does. And you see that similarly through most of the wisdom literature. And so. The phrase that gets used often here that I'll, I'll just take a few minutes to talk about yeah. the be the be still and know that I'm God after it goes through all of the the again of the the confession aspect um, of of the reality of sinful people living in a sinful broken world and that all that encompasses it is being surrounded by death and disease at all times. It's not the um, abnormality. It's 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 the normal. It's the normative that that's what's around us, and and so then the confessing of that, and then finally recognizing God and talking about His attributes, and the be still and know I'm God. The word there for be still, some English translations, it says things like some of the older ones say like cease striving, and they're all trying to capture this idea that the word is it's not that powerful of a word by itself. It's the idea of going limp. It's a, it's, it's 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 the idea of your bones not working anymore. And so as you're confessing truths about God and his character, and then the reality of sinful people is that the stubbornness of of the tension of not wanting to let go of ideas, not wanting to let go of our own power, our own will, our own ability. But when faced with a holy God, the psalmist then calls out the idea of the, the, the greatest example of what sinful man does before a holy God in light of who he is, is to just let go. And, and so the, the spiritual reality of it is, is that in the light of, of a holy God and, and sinfulness around us and the effects of it with disease and war, a city under siege, all of these things, is the reality is before a holy God and his holy word and the truths about him, we are all to just let go. 
and and trust in him. Uh, the author of Ecclesiastes in, in, in chapter 7 writes that, um, who can make straight what God has made crooked? And, and tells us then to, using the same word that the, the psalmist used here, to consider the work of God. And consider the work of God that in times of prosperity, be joyful. But in times of adversity, uses the word again, consider. And kind of the same thing. It's the idea of what's going on around us and the reality of the anxiety, the reality of the fear and all these things. There's only one place that the Christian church is supposed to turn. And that's the word and the truth of the word and the Holy Spirit that indwells us and is able to embed the word in our hearts and our minds. All, all we can do at this time the great Christian hope that we have uh, in, in Christ and his return and all the promises and all the hope and all the joy that we look forward to, we have to be people that are in the word. And so right now there's no better time to be in the word and there's no better time to commit yourself to it. And uh, the Psalms are a good place to start. Hey there, my name is Titus Simonowski, or Mr. Sim, as I'm better known by my students. Well, this is such a strange time in which we find ourselves. Uh, it seems like many of us are just anxiously waiting and wondering, how long is this going to last? Like, in many ways, this new way of life hasn't really sunk in for a lot of us. It's still pretty surreal. But the reality is, this is the season that we're in, and will be in for the foreseeable future. I think for me, though, there's still a great temptation to view it as a giant interruption to my life. Kind of like when you're on hold on the phone for a really long time and you just get so annoyed and frustrated because you think about all the things you could be doing right now other than sitting and waiting for someone to pick up the phone. And I think we can view this season like that, just focusing on the negative and emphasizing our limitations, where we can't go, what we can't do, viewing this time as a hindrance to the really important work that we should be doing right now. But I've been reminded this week that there's no wasted time in God's world. He, he redeems all time, and he calls us to partner with him in that redemptive work, no, no matter what season we find ourselves in. So a, a humorous example of this, since I've come back from Europe with the Grand Tour, I've been living my best self-quarantined life haven't left the house in over a week. And so naturally, um, I, I found myself getting a taste of what my wife does on a daily basis in taking care of our children. And let me just tell you, never have I had so much respect and appreciation for what Melissa does day in and day out in taking care of our children. Uh, so all, all the moms or dads out there who are, who are parenting at home, uh, I have a newfound respect for, for those individuals. So one of the things I've been doing at home as I've helped Melissa with the boys is I have found myself cutting lots and lots of food into teeny tiny bites to accommodate the small mouth of my 11-month-old Ezra. <clears throat> Multiple times a day I'm doing this. My low back is aching. Ezra's screeching in the background. Eli's pulling on my leg, asking me to play with him. It's hectic, it's chaotic, it's tedious, it's monotonous. And there is a great temptation for me just to be annoyed by the whole thing. 
But God looks at that moment and says, that moment is holy. That moment is sacred. And he wants to use even that moment to refine me and grow me and draw me closer to the Lord. So I actually wrote a prayer or or a liturgy for me to say as I'm cutting his food that just reminds me of all the ways in which I am also like an infant in need of sustenance, fully dependent on God. And I serve a good father who delights to provide, right? He doesn't grow weary or frustrated in cutting small bites for his children. He delights in providing. And so it's just a prayer that uh, invites me into that same heart of God in taking care of, of his children. And so there's just a small moment where I can have two radically different perspectives. One that moves me further toward bitterness and frustration and another that moves me more toward Jesus and, and more towards embodying his love to, to my children. And so I think asking ourselves, what's, what's our perspective of this season that we're in? What's my perspective of this quarantined life? And how is that perspective shaping me? I think if we're really viewing this season simply as an interruption to our daily life, we're not going to steward it well. C.S. Lewis has this great quote in a letter he wrote to a friend where he says, The great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls interruptions are precisely one's real life, the life God is sending out day by day. In other words, this, this quarantine life and everything that comes with it, the social distancing, the, the working from home, the online education, kids running around screaming throughout the house while you're trying to get something done, fighting over the last roll of toilet paper in the grocery store, like all of those things. This is, this is our life, right? These are the days that God has given us, and he's not surprised by them. In fact, I think he's asking what are we going to do with these days? How are we going to respond? I'm also reminded of that great exchange between Frodo and Gandalf in the Fellowship of the Ring, where Frodo's life, his comfortable, pleasant, secure life in the Shire, it's just been completely uprooted and turned upside down with the presence of the Ring and the rise of Sauron. And a very distraught and discouraged Frodo turns to Gandalf and says, I wish this didn't happen in my time. And Gandalf has this great response. He says, look, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. I just think that's such an appropriate quote for us right now. Our day-to-day lives, they've also been uprooted by the coronavirus. And the question remains, what will we do with the time that we're given? What will we do in this season? Because how we respond reveals a lot about who we really are and how we respond will shape who we become. So I think one of the first things we can do individually, collectively, as families is sit down and have a conversation and ask ourselves, how are we responding to this season? How does God want us to steward this time? And one of, the, one of the wonderful things about being a follower of Jesus is that the mission never changes, right? It's just applied differently in different seasons. 
But at the center of the Christian calling is to bring heaven to earth. It's to be an extension of God's kingdom in this world. No matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, Christians should be little pockets of heaven all over the globe. Ministers of Christ's love and his mercy and his kindness and his power. And so the question then becomes, well, how do we do that in this time and in this place? Or maybe for us more specifically, who are confined to our homes, how do we bring God's kingdom into our own home? When all this is over, whether, whether it lasts four weeks or, or four months or however long, I want the Simonowski home to be more substantially marked by the love and joy and peace of Christ than before COVID-19 showed up. I want to look back on this time and say, Lord, thank you for the gift of that season to sow into my family, to prioritize what matters, to create new rhythms in the home, to cultivate a lifestyle that, that aligns with, with our deepest desires. I think about Jesus' parable of the talents in Matthew 25, where a man, he, you know, he gave, you're probably familiar with the parable, he gives uh, three servants a, sum, a pretty large sum of money, and then he, he leaves for a while. Well, he comes back and wants a report from the three, three servants about how they used his money, and, and two, of them, two of them double, double the money that they were given. And then he comes to the third and says, you know, what, what did you do? And, and the third person says, well, I was, I was a little fearful. Um, and so I just, I didn't want to lose your money. So I sat on it. I buried it. Uh, and here it is. You can have it back. And this third servant, he's called a wicked and slothful servant by his master. And his master was thinking, I gave you all that money and you had all that time to do something with it, to bear fruit. And you sat on it? And, and I just think that's an appropriate parable for us. We may not be given chunks of money right now, but God is doling out time for us. Time with our families, time to think and reflect. Let's take that seriously. Let's leverage that. And instead of focusing on our, on our limitations, let's use the time he is giving us for our flourishing and for his glory. And so... What does that look like? What does it look like to, to leverage this cultural moment? I think first and foremost, we need to be really honest about what's happening in our hearts right now. You see, I, I think uh, things that have been buried deep within us, they tend to rise to the surface in moments of crisis. And you may, have, you may already be experiencing some of this stuff. It's in moments like this one that we confront the reality of who we are and and what's inside of us. So I I think we need to treat this time as a God-given moment of reflection where we start asking ourselves, what really matters to me? What do I care about? How seriously do I take the promises of Jesus? Do I just have kind of a, a distant theology that's served as a backdrop in my life? Or is this stuff real? I heard a pastor say recently that uh, this this coronavirus season is a moment in our life where we see whether our faith is scaffolding, scaffolding or substance. Is it something that just kind of props us up? Or is it something God has used to build us into people of compassion and faith and love? So as as we step back from our busy schedules and routines, 
let's ask some deeper questions. Let's let's prioritize what really matters and and let God address some of the ugly things that might be creeping up in our hearts in this time of crisis. John Mark Homer is one of my favorite pastors and authors. Uh, he makes the argument that hurry or busyness or distraction is the great enemy to spiritual life. He argues that we can't be filled with the love of God if we are always busy and distracted people. And here we have a rare moment in our history where we're being forced to slow down. A moment in our lives where we can attend to the formation of our souls. So let's, let's steward that and come out on the other side more deeply formed into the image of Jesus. I want to come out of this season with more of Christ's love in my heart and less selfishness. More trust and faith in Him and less fear and anxiety. I want to embed rhythms and practices in my, in my day-to-day routine that turn my attention toward Jesus in this time. I want to be a student of God's Word and a person of prayer. I want Him to use this time to wean me off some of the superficial things that I have clung to and get my heart set on Him. I think months from now, years from now, people are going to ask us how we spent our quarantined life, right? Let's have a story to tell them that's more than just, I just kind of sat around, right? I mean, let, let's have a story to tell of God's goodness, His mercy, His love in this season of our lives. What if, what if we were able to share stories of, of restoration or stories of heart change or stories of, you know, the trajectory of our lives moving closer to the Lord because of this season. How cool would it be if if every one of our families at Covenant had that kind of story to tell? I I got this vision in my head uh, when all this is over. we're, We're back in our building and all of the families, we're just gathered in the courtyard and we're sharing with one another about God's goodness and His faithfulness in this season of our lives. We're, we're sharing stories of how, how we flourished and thrived and we hung on to our hope in Christ in this uncertain season of our lives. And I just, I see our community just being glued tighter because of this collective experience and because of these stories uniting us together. So this is, this is my deep hope for the covenant community in this time. And it, I am contending for this. I'm leaning into this with, with all the prayer that I got. And I just, I hope that you, you join me in that prayer. Well, one of the things that I find really helpful in getting my attention and my gaze fixed back on Christ in, in particular seasons is, is through liturgical prayer. Uh, a prayer that maybe I, I commit to memory or I just say on a regular basis, day after day. I mentioned the one uh, about writing, uh, but the prayer about um, cutting small bites of food for Ezra. And I just also thought it'd be helpful to write one for this season that we're in. Um, so uh, here it is. I, I've titled it uh, A Liturgy for the Quarantined Life. And um, if, if you want a, a copy, I'm happy to share it with you. Uh, it may just be helpful even to pull a few phrases from this um, and just repeat them morning after morning after morning or write your own version of, of, um, of this. So uh, here it is, a liturgy for the quarantine life. Lord, these are the days you have given me. Teach me to steward them well. 
Give me eyes to see your mercy and goodness each day. This season is a gift from you, for it enables me to see more clearly the idols that have ruled my heart. Even now, O Lord, bring to mind those things that I have put my hope and trust in other than you. I lift up this idol surfacing in my heart. I turn it over to you. Replace it with more of you, God. Holy Spirit, in this time, would you turn my fear into faith and my panic into peace? Use these days of uncertainty to remind me that my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my stronghold. I may never experience this unhurried life again. So while I am present in it, redeem it for your glory and my flourishing. Form me more deeply, more solidly into the image of Jesus. May I be filled with more of your compassion, generosity, peace, joy, and love. And when I come out of this season, may the story that I tell others be one of God's goodness, his faithfulness, and his steadfast love in my life. Amen. Um, Great. Well, uh, I I know as we uh, start to wrap up here, Leslie, uh, you know, I also didn't want to to leave without uh, making sure that uh, mm-hmm. folks, including myself, are are doing their homework. So I thought uh, grade school, college days were behind me and no more homework yet. Here Always you are joyfully doling it out. So <laughs> uh, the, the two assignments. So we have two assignments that, mm-hmm. that we're asking folks to, to uh, deliver on. Can you talk about those real quick? Sure. We want um, folks to send us their um, voice memos uh, using their smartphone. Uh, share with us, number one, how you're loving others and how your family is using this time to really um, grow as a family. What, How you're using this time creatively. How are you leaning into this? Uh, so sh- send us a voice memo to me, uh, leslie.collins at Covenant Academy. Yeah, Covenant Cyprus. Sorry, old old domain yeah. entered in there. CovenantCypress.org. Right. And then the um, second one is, please, uh, let us hear your voices. Um, I don't like my radio voice. I don't think anybody does. Maybe Michael does. Well, I, it's, I, it, like I have a face for radio, so I have an excuse. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, I love your voices, and your friends and your Covenant family love your voices as well. And so let us hear your voices um, saying our, our lunchtime blessing. Um, every day at Covenant, we gather as a school to say a lunchtime blessing. It's either um, a scriptural prayer, perhaps it's a song, perhaps it's um, some uh, a recitation that we're saying back and forth to one another. Well, this month we selected St. Patrick's Breastplate because March is... Um, the month in which um, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, even though um, we didn't get to have par- uh, parades this year, we still celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And he was um, obviously a favorite um, uh, Christian um, in classical education because the Irish saved civilization. Um, so there's a plug for a great book that you can get on Audible, uh, How the Irish Saved Civilization. So anyway, please uh, let us hear your family's voices saying St. Patrick's Breastplate together. Um, we'll be emailing that out to you so you don't have the excuse if I don't have my copy of the prayer. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a copy. Great. No, that's great. Well, uh, this has been a great conversation. Been speaking with uh, Ken Newman, the teaching pastor at Trinity Bible Church, and Leslie Collins, the head of school here at Covenant Academy. So, Ken, Leslie, thanks so much for the conversation today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
This is the Angst family reading a portion of St. Patrick's Breastplate. Mrs. Angst, Marshall, and Danielle. I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity, by invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me. Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger. Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Patriot Podcast. If you have any questions or comments about anything discussed, feel free to contact us on our website at covenantcypress.org.